We'll be celebrating the importance of Braille for at least two months. We're back with another issue of the monthly facts. Ethan. Brianna. We got a new class pet. His name is Pickles. I'm ready. What is World Braille Day? Reading Braille as an adult has given me a secondary reading media. My name is AJ, and my real name is Aries. Hello, my name is Weston, and I'm from Newcomerstown, Ohio. To me, Braille means... I'll take a moment and do my part to talk about what the Braille code means to me. Welcome back to the OSSB Podcast, January 2022 edition. Happy New Year, everybody. We have a lot of exciting things happening this month. We're kicking off the new year by celebrating Louis Braille's birthday, which was January the 4th. We'll be celebrating the importance of Braille for at least two months. In January, students are preparing for the Ohio Regional Braille Challenge, and students are also participating in the Braille Readers Are Leaders Contest. We'll be checking in with our coaches and athletes. All right, this is going to be a great podcast, but before we get started, let's talk about the new year. Did any of you guys set goals for 2022? I did. All right, Amy, why don't you start us off? What's your New Year's goal? I want to get better at some of my independent life skills and my organization. Okay. Uh, Those are weak points of mine, and so I want to get better at those. All right, so um, that's good. So you steps in there to do that. Yep. Starting with vacuuming, that's an important one. Oh, vacuuming is very important. I hate walking across a dirty floor. Mm-mm. Right? <laughs> no. How about you, Jonathan? You got any New Year's goals? I really just set some goals to read more books over this year. That's great. Reading is awesome. I love to read. How about you, Larry? My goal for this year is just, it sounds pretty funny, but that just to get a job Yeah. is, you know, I'm in a friend group where everyone kind of makes their own income and being the one friend that still has to, you know, hey, can you can you lend me a few dollars? I, right. yeah. I don't like being that guy. So I gotcha. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a lot, also a kind of thing of, you know, me wanting to be more independent, uh, you know, not having to ask my mom for any money or anything or anything. Yeah. I'm able to rely on myself. When are you like 16 now? 17. 17? Yeah. 17. You're working age. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Time for you to get out there and find something. And that work experience will help you out on your resume. You know, so that'll be good. But Mr. Strickland, how about you? I set the goal to wake up just a little bit earlier before work to uh, do a little bit of studying, take care of my cat mittens, and then also to eat a proper breakfast. Oh, good. All have... great goals. Yeah. Uh, man, mine is uh, just to become more physically active this year and drop a few <coughs> LBS. Drop a few pounds. Um, I I just kind of want to toss this in here. Okay. Well, I always feel like I feel like with New Year's resolutions, you should have like it's fine to have like like super massive goals because you know if your goal's a bit too ambitious, you might stress your uh, yourself out trying to you know reach those goals. So I, honestly, I feel like more people should have like small New Year's resolutions. Then if you yeah. complete those resolutions, you can kind of build off of that. Yeah, a good goal is one that's attainable. Yeah, you know, don't want to make know. a smart goal. Smart goals. Yeah, we know Working about smart goals yep. from tenth grade career class, don't we? 
(laughs) (laughs) All right. Mr. Strickland. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this edition of the OSSB podcast. January 4th is World Braille Day. People from all over the globe honor the genius of Louis Braille and his contributions. I'll take a moment and do my part to talk about what the Braille code means to me. Braille has empowered me to do many things I normally would not do if I did not know Braille. Public speaking, for example. I used to get so nervous if I had to do a lot of memorizing. Braille broke that barrier for me. It is much easier to make a presentation using my Braille notes. Braille is literacy for me. The more I read, the better I am able to write out my thoughts and communicate effectively with my family, friends, and colleagues. I enjoy reading Braille books for pleasure, and I also enjoy reading technical manuals in Braille so that I get the proper syntax for what I'm doing. I love audio as well, but for me, there is no substitute for reading the hard copy Braille or the Braille on my refreshable display. Braille is a great recreational resource, allowing me to do things like play cards and board games with others who are either sighted or blind. Braille gives me the opportunity to be methodical in my thinking. The code is built on a sequence of foundational building blocks. As a musician, it is liberating to read a Braille score and know the small nuances that the composer has written. And I can interpret those nuances, like dynamics, holds, and fermatas. Playing by ear is much faster, but when doing so, I am playing another musician's interpretation of the composition. In closing, Braille has helped me function at a high level in my personal life, my professional pursuits, and finding my way throughout the world. I am honored to be part of leading our Panther Nation in preparing and competing in the Braille Challenge next month. That's happening on February 22nd. It is a privilege, and I have a passion, to foster a love of Braille and all it can do for our community. Hey everyone, it's the OSSB podcast again, and we're back with another issue of the monthly facts. We got eight facts for you this month. First one being that the Ellis Island opened on actually the 1st of January in 1892. The first photograph of the moon was taken in January of 1839. Uh, for all you pasta lovers out there, the 4th is Spaghetti Day. London made the first operational underground railroad on January 10th, 1863. Julius Caesar added the 31st day of the month in January. January 16th is National Hat Day. The 19th is Popcorn Day. January 23rd is National Pie Day. And those are your January facts for this month. Now it's time to meet a new student at the School for One. Oh, wait a minute. It's not a new student. It's a new classroom pet. So Miss McCumber's fifth grade class comes up to the studio and talks about Pickles, the new class hedgehog. So I'll just have you guys say who you are. We'll start with Scotty and move around the table and then get right into it. Scotty. Javen. 
Kaya. Lyric. Shanitha. Ethan. Brianna. Hey, we're excited. We got a new class pet. His name is Pickles, and he is a African pygmy hedgehog. African pygmy hedgehogs are just one of 17 different types of hedgehogs. Our fifth grade class talked about it, getting a pet for our class. Why? We thought a classroom pet would liven up our class, and we could learn a lot by having an animal to take care of. We would have to be responsible as a class to take care of a pet. Having pickles made us want to learn about hedgehogs. Here are a few facts about hedgehogs. The hedgehog got its name because of its habits. They go through hedges and other things in search of food. Hedgehogs were not always called hedgehogs. They were urchins, which led to the name sea urchins. Hedgehogs are nocturnal, which means they sleep during the day and are awake at night. Hedgehogs usually eat at night. Hedgehogs have quills everywhere on their bodies except face, legs, and bellies. Hedgehogs can have up to 5,000 quills or 7,000 quills. Hedgehogs can hibernate, but it is dangerous because hedgehogs can die when they hibernate. They eat insects, worms, centipedes, snails, mice, frogs, and snakes. As pets, they all eat small amounts. They eat worms crickets, and vegetables. Hedgehogs do a really funny thing. When they eat something they really like, they will spit the quills in order to smell like the thing that they ate. When hedgehogs are angered, nervous, or scared, their quills will spike up and it could hurt the person or animal who took who hurt it. Hedgehogs can swim and run. Hedgehogs can run up to six miles a night. A group of hedgehogs is called an array. Hedgehogs don't use their eyes to hunt. Hedgehogs can live up to eight years. We think Pickles has helped us to know the responsibility of having a class pet. That was the last line, correct? Yes. All right. So do you guys like having a hedgehog? Yes. (laughs) That's great. So who gets to feed the hedgehog? Well, I did last week. I'm not sure who's going to do it this week. Okay. All right. So who gets to clean the cage? The person that gets the feed, that feeds it and waters it. (laughs) It's going to make the teacher clean the cage? Well, she does all the time. Ah, I see. All right. 
but th- things we all can learn, right? So Scotty's volunteering to help me this week is what I heard. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the OSSB podcast. It's Emmy back again, and I'm with Miss Pirano. Good afternoon, Miss Pirano. Afternoon, Emmy. Thanks for having me. I've just managed to catch her on Zoom. We're virtual this week. And today we're going to talk about Braille. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First, let's discuss World Braille Day was this month. It was on January 4th. First question I have up here is what is World Braille Day? Well, World Braille Day is a celebration of Braille and it is on Louis Braille's birthday, January 4th. That was our first day back. And so we just celebrate the fact that he was able to develop the Braille code and that we've been able to use it for vision impaired students to read. So we celebrate that. And we are in the process of doing a reading contest. I know other people did some things on World Braille Day. And we, of course, have the Braille Challenge coming up and other Braille activities that are going on in January. Yeah, we're going to get to those topics later. I'm glad you mentioned those. When are we celebrating? Well, I, I don't think we're doing a separate day in in January, but for the Braille Challenge, we are doing it at our, at our school rather than travel to Cincinnati. So on that day, we're going to do for everyone in the school uh, Braille activities uh, at the same time that the Braille Challenge is going on. So the, this year, it's a little bit combined. Oh, that's great. Okay. Why is World Braille Day important? Well, it's important because students with visual impairments or adults need to be able to access all types of material, and Braille gives them that opportunity to do that. And now, of course, we have all the electronic ways to produce Braille and read it on our Braille note takers. So there's a lot of new technological advances that help with Braille as well. But Braille is just, you know, the code that we use for visually impaired students that was developed by Lewis Braille. So we just, it gives us so many opportunities with our students here at OSSB to access print materials. You mentioned Braille readers or leaders. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? The Braille readers or leaders contest just promotes Braille reading At our school, we also include low vision students. So at the same time, the whole school can participate in a reading contest. So we started it back at the beginning of December and it goes through this Friday is our last day, January 21st. And so we just pair it with the National Braille Readers, our leaders contest. And students who are Braille readers register and several groups of Uh, agencies that work with the blind and visually impaired, give them prizes. They've received t-shirts in the mail when they register. There's an online way to record their reading materials. And then they receive little like tokens along the way when they read uh, so many pages, like when they've read 500 or a thousand pages And then at the end or throughout, they have been sent some little prizes. And so it's just, and they also compete against kids across the whole United States who are Braille readers. So I reckon it's a very 
nice opportunity for our students then. Yes, and we include our uh, low vision students as well. We had some drawings, some gift cards for Target for students who were participating, and we did that in December. Mr. Kelly's been encouraging the students when he's making announcements about the Braille Challenge to keep reading. And so hopefully all our students have been uh, logging their minutes, which is a little different. They used to log them by books, uh, but now it's it's minutes that they have read. And so we're recording that um, for all our students who are participating. That's lovely. All right. Here's an opinion question. What does World Braille Day mean to you? Well, I just think it's such a great opportunity to celebrate Lewis Braille and the great accomplishment, the the fact that he invented this as a young student and was so motivated and worked so hard at it and used a little bit from his knowledge of Morse code and other code systems to develop uh, something as useful and helpful to blind and visually impaired students. So just a day that we set aside each year to recognize him and his great invention of Braille. Yes, I would like to add, I definitely see it as a celebration of Braille, but also hard work and persistence and perseverance as traits. Even when you're faced with seemingly impossible odds, the importance of doing your best to trud through every situation with with confidence and dignity and respect. Because after all, that's part of what he did. It is. And he worked extremely hard because it was raised letters that he was taught to read with at first. And he just thought there's got to be a better way. And so he went about inventing it and creating it and worked at it and had other students and other faculty at the school help him fine tune it until what it is today, which is just an awesome way to read. So we're excited about that and want to celebrate that. I agree. What do you think World Braille Day means for our students? Well, uh, it's an opportunity for our students to learn who Lewis Braille was. Not everybody realizes that Braille was, you know, his last name. And until he invented it, it didn't exist. So it gives them an opportunity to learn about his history, how he went about it, the difficulties that he faced going off to the boarding school where You know, he was being taught to read with raised letters and the struggle that, like you said, that he went through in order to come up with an easier system for blind individuals all over the world to read. You know, Braille is not just for the English language. It's for it's used in all all different languages. So it's just such a great tool. And it is something that people throughout the world use. Great. Braille is used, you know, throughout our building. We start our very youngest students with pre-Braille, tactile skills, and then that is just developed as with all students and how they read. They just have the opportunity to do it with Braille. We try and incorporate Braille in all of the, the classes as soon as students are able to read. We use Braille, of course, in all of our daily subjects, and now we have all the technology, which when I first came to OSSB, we didn't have all the Braille note takers and that. So that's just been a great opportunity. Uh, Then you don't have so many books that you have to keep, although the books are, you know, and many students want to read the books. It's just sometimes you don't have the space maybe to save it. 
and uh, to store it. And so it's great to have options and to use technology to download books and read from our Braille note takers as well. It helps, of course, when you read Braille tactily and not just listen, that it gives you the opportunities to understand how language is written and how sentences and paragraphs and, and articles are written. And it gives you such a, a great grasp of writing and writing tools and grammar. So they're just gives visually impaired students the same opportunities as everyone else. So it's it's something that we try and incorporate throughout the building. We use it to label rooms and bathrooms and anywhere that it's there's print, we try to put braille so that all students have equal access. That's beautiful. Yeah, I think braille is a beautiful tool, beautiful thing. And I think that World Braille Day gives us an opportunity to really be confident about it, really celebrate it, be like, yes, I am a Braille reader and I am me, and I'm proud of that. That's awesome. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Is there anything you would like to add about World Braille Day? I think we've covered everything. As a product of the 90s, I heard the same tired slogans and accepted them as a given fact. Quote, only blind people, that is, persons with total blindness, learn Braille. Or, quote, if you can read large print, it's not worth learning Braille. Sometimes even those with good intentions don't realize the various benefits of Braille for people with low vision. To be sure, reading was a challenge when I was in school. I would have been incredulous to know that I would one day be an ELA teacher. When my eyes started to burn and my head ached, That was the end of it. But reading Braille as an adult has given me a secondary reading media, and it helps to reduce fatigue, eye strain, and light sensitivity issues. It strengthens my phonetic abilities and my thinking as I process through the texts. And there's nothing I value more than curling up with my Braille display and favorite texts after a long day of visually intensive work. Today, my toolkit includes large print and digital format, firstly, audio texts, and braille. I have an arsenal of arms with which to attack heavy reading loads. My reading capacity and access to content is no longer limited by my eye condition. I can be much more than that now. I can do much more. Braille is not cumbersome. It is not a paltry alternative to print reading. Braille is methodical, intelligent, and empowering. Remember, guys, we don't justify Braille instruction. We justify the lack of Braille instruction or foregoing Braille instruction. I love Braille teaching, too. I'm glad to share this wonderful system with my students as we bond over the Braille. But if there's nothing else you take away from this chat, please do take this to heart. Braille literacy is for everyone. And here we are back on the January podcast, and it is time for us to start our podcast club. It's a brand new year, middle of the school year, and we always start the podcast club up in January. We have four members in the club so far. I have two of them here today. I'm going to have them introduce themselves, and we are going to start with AJ. So AJ. Yeah. Tell us your name. Where are you from? And what grade you're in? My name is AJ, and my real name is Aries. I am from Marysville, Ohio. I am in the sixth grade. All right. 
And we back for a second go around. I believe it's your second go around of the podcast club. Yeah. It's Wesson. Tell us about yourself, Wesson. Hello, my name is Wesson, and I'm from New Cumberstown, Ohio, and I am 11 years old and in fifth grade. Okay, very good. All right. So, Wesson, how long have you been going to school here at the Ohio State School for the Blind? Four years. Four years. Man. And residential. And you're residential. All right, cool. How about you, AJ? How long have you been here? I've been here for three years, and I'm also residential. Okay, you guys are residential. What do you think, AJ, about all of the after-school programs that we've got going on right now, all these clubs you can join? They're awesome. They're lovely. I just like them. Oh, cool. Which which ones have you are you doing or have you done? I'm doing podcasts, cooking, chess. All right. Basically, every club except for Braille. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, you're gonna have to teach me how to play chess. I got a chess. I got a chess set for Christmas, so nice. I don't even know how nice. to play chess yet. I'm gonna learn. How about you, Wesson? Same question. I am in pretty much every club, the same as AJ. I'm not in Braille, and I am in chess. Okay, you're in chess. All right, and uh, do you like them? Glad they're here. Yeah. Okay, good. So, what made you want to join the podcast club, Wesson? I just wanted to do something fun again. Just do new yeah, we have a lot of fun up here in the podcast club, making music. making music, telling stories, yeah. editing audio, and all that good fun stuff, right? Yeah. How about you, AJ? I wanted to join the podcast club because I've never done this before. I've only done this one other time in fifth grade, and I thought it would be cool to actually be on the podcast. All right. Last question I have for you about the podcast club. What do you hope to get out of it? What do you want to learn about podcasting, audio production, making music? Where do you really want to focus in on in your time here? AJ, go ahead. I want to learn everything. All right. That is. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be learning everything. We're going to be recording on the iPads and dumping those over to the computer. And once we get them on the computer, then we're going to uh, edit them with either Studio Recorder or Logic Pro. Okay. And we'll be using Logic Pro to do all of our jingles, our, our music. Mm-hmm. All right, Wesson, how about you? What do you want to, what do you want to gain out of this experience? I want to improve my audio production. Improve your audio production. All right. Very good. All right. So, uh, we have to ask you guys, I have to tell you guys, Happy New Year. And, uh, just give me a quick summation. How did you like your winter break? Great. It was awesome. <laughs> I had my, uh, friend over here lesson. Yeah. You guys hang out over break? Mm, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good Christmas? Yes. Yeah. Wesson, did you, uh, did you get a new iPhone for Christmas? <laughs> Yes, you're right. Exactly. Did you get the iPhone 13 Pro Max? No. <laughs> oh. Too small. It, that's the biggest one they got. No. What'd you get? I got the iPhone 13. <laughs> iPhone 13. Okay. The normal one. All right. Yeah. I'm still still rocking the 12 mini. I like it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nice. I love the iPhone 12 nice. mini. Yeah. How about you, AJ? You get anything exciting for Christmas? Uh, I got some nice art supplies. Sweet. Oh, art your thing. Yeah, yeah. Like to draw or paint or what? I like to draw. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. All right, man. I thought I'd have you on here to talk about some of your artwork sometime. Yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be a great time, fellas. And 
I'm sure glad that you're interested in the podcast club and we're going to meet our other two next week uh, when they come in. So let's get to it and start creating some stuff. Hey, Miss Grimm, I just have one quick question for you. What does Braille mean to you personally? To me, Braille means the ability to give access to literacy to all of those that are um, blind or visually impaired. Hello, and welcome back to the OSSB podcast. I'm back on Zoom with Miss Carano. And we're going to talk about a very fun thing that is happening in February, I believe. Is that right? Yes. February. Okay, great. And it is the Braille Challenge. Miss Perano, can you tell me a little bit of what you know about the Braille Challenge? Yes, we started planning for that. It's going to be February 22nd. And because of, of COVID and the changes we've had to make, we won't be traveling to Cincinnati for the Braille Challenge. They're going to come here and we're going to do our testing and our Braille Challenge activities at OSSB this year. And we're going to include the entire school like we did in previous years for World Braille Day. So we're going to do those on the day of the Braille Challenge. Uh, they have a theme of camping. And so we're going to incorporate that theme in our activities throughout the day. And there's a subcommittee of some teachers who are working with Mr. Kelly to support that day and make it all run smoothly. Great. Okay. Why do you think this challenge is important? Why is this important? Well, I think when students are Braille users, that it helps them to improve their skills. It gives them an opportunity to shine and to show off how great their Braille skills are. We have had students in the past, a number of them who have won a trip to California for the National Braille Challenge, and they've competed. I can think of at least three. I think Misty Hatcher had won. I know Philippe won two different times, Philippe Sotak and Josie had won. And so it gives them opportunity to show off their skills and how advanced they are. There's quite a few different like subcategories that they compete in. They read and answer questions. They read charts and graphs. They edit work that's Braille, looking for Braille errors and identify those. So there's a number of different ways and opportunities for them to compete throughout the day on the Braille challenge. That's wonderful. Another point I heard there is, yeah, don't mess with OSSB. <laughs> we are good. Yes, we have a lot of good Braille students and it's a fun day. I don't know what all the fun activities that we're going to try to do, but I know there's it's also a lot of fun activities are incorporated throughout the day in between the little uh, testing sessions where they go in to rooms and, and do the little skills. And so a lot of times when we would go down to Cincinnati, there was a parade that the students paraded through the building, and then they would go off to their different rooms. Uh, they'd have special treats like pizza for lunch and donuts for breakfast, and they just made, uh, they had a lot of important people from the area who came in and did introductions from the companies in the area that sponsored them, like Procter & Gamble and Clover Nook, of course, who's hosting it. 
And so a lot of dignitaries came in. I think one year the mayor of Cincinnati or that region had come in. So it's a big deal and it's very important. And so just it's a lot of fun things going on. So to show off to important people, to socialize and to be proud to be a Braille reader. Right. There's so many things, ways that the kids can participate. And I imagine with all those people, this is more of a follow-up question, but I imagine with all of those people who are coming, I'd imagine it's also a great networking uh, opportunity for the students as well to get to make new connections socially and that can really benefit them later on. Right. A lot of them meet new friends that they keep in contact with. They can exchange information and continue to socialize. Uh, they look forward to seeing them in person, having lunch and, and social opportunities throughout the day when they have breaks. Uh, and the same is true for the staff, because a lot of teachers for the visually impaired don't see other teachers for the visually impaired in Ohio because they only have maybe a few students in their schools or districts. And so um, you know, we have that great opportunity at OSSB, but it's nice to meet other people throughout Ohio and also to meet businesses who are doing work for the visually impaired. We also, our 3D model club also prints little, depending on the theme, we are, we print out little 3D models that each student who participates gets to take home with them. So we make little gift bags. Our VOCED students package them for us a couple of years in a row, and we're getting ready to print ones now with the camping theme. And so we've been looking over the last few weeks of different camping ideas of what we could print for the 3D models. And we do those along with Carolyn Karbowski and some OSU students who also create and help us print because we have to print dozens and dozens of these little models that each student gets to take. And uh, yeah, yet another way we celebrate Braille here Mm -hmm. at OSSB. Do you have anything else to add to that? Well, we've thrown out a number of ideas of what we're going to do. We have not finalized them, but I know the high school and Younger students will rotate, uh, as we've done in past years, we'll go into different areas and celebrate things that you do with camping along with Braille. So with our camping and camp out theme, we'll be doing various activities and games, reading and, and writing Braille activities throughout the day and incorporating all the students in the school and the staff. So we're looking forward to that day on February 22nd to celebrate with the Braille Challenge students. It should be heaps of fun, especially if our friends get involved. It's going to be a party, I will tell you that. (laughs) What precautions are we taking due to COVID, and how is COVID affecting planning, practicing, and the challenge itself? Okay, well, COVID definitely is a factor because we're not going to Cincinnati. We will be trying to keep students separate like we always do. Everyone will be wearing masks. We'll be in rooms where the students will keep their distance. We'll be using larger spaces and, you know, smaller groups of students. And those are the pieces that we're working on right now because we do want to celebrate Braille and the Braille Challenge, but we need to do it safely. So those are the logistical types of things that we are currently working on. Perfect. Now, what does this challenge mean to you being a teacher? 
Well, I think the challenge just brings a focus to the importance of having accurate Braille, of making sure that students practice their Braille signs and that they know how to read charts and graphs. And it helps the kids to realize that it's not just something that I feel is important, but that educators throughout the state of Ohio and then across the country all realize the importance of Braille and the accuracy of it and how to use it in your daily life, but also for fun competitions like this one, because there are a lot of fun things that they do in in the competitions. And then if they advance, there's even more opportunities for them. I remember pre-COVID, we had one and we would practice in person and even between friends before the competition, we would invite each other to do speed and accuracy races. Yes. And those are, those are fun because it's hard to do. And when you're nervous, uh, it's great that you did that and practice with your friends. And of course we practice in class too, because you do want to be accurate and fast both at the same time, which is sometimes hard to do. So the practice helps with the nerves also and helps people to prepare. So yeah, that's awesome. All right. Thank you for being on the podcast. Is there anything else you would like to add about Braille challenge or Braille in general? That Well, I'm just looking forward to celebrating Braille on both the contest this week, which is finishing up Friday, and then also the Braille challenge and Braille activities we have planned for that day. I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm sure all the students will have a great day. Thank you for joining us for the January edition of the OSSB podcast. We focused a lot this month on Braille and how important it is. We will update you next month about the Braille Challenge and camping on the Braille Trail. Stay tuned and thank you again for listening.